Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Guitar Nerds is sponsored by Music Nomad, our favorite guitar maintenance tool manufacturing masters. You should check them out on MusicNomadCare.com or on social media with at MusicNomadCare. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Naomi McLeod. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, hello, Naomi. Hello, dear listener. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode. Episode 19 in season three. And it's the it's the two of us. So naturally, I think we're going to end up talking about more, more bass-related things this week. Indeed. I, I said several hellos to make up for the lack of um, other guests. Other, yeah. yeah. I mean, is it a lack of others or is it, is it an abundance of, yeah. of the two of us? This, who, who knows, really? Yeah, exactly. This is definitely better. This is better than having all the... Uh, and it, the others are just uh, dead weight, mostly. Well, JD's away on, on tour. He's touring in the US. Matt is on holiday, um, and uh, and Jay is uh, recovering from Dan Grace from uh, from Squire's stag do. So uh, that's, oh my, uh, that's uh, that's that's where the rest of the the hosts are at. Oh, but yes, I too am actually recovering, of course, uh, because I, 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 there's been it's been a hectic few weeks. For me, I keep having things. I really need to move because, dear listener, we do the podcast. We record it on a Monday night, and I, I think I feel like I should move that because I've had some heavy weekends. We had the Birmingham Guitar Show. I had Portals Festival, which we spoke about last week, and then this week I was at uh, I was at a, a, a friend, a friend of both Naomi and my friend friends Marty and Zoe. They they were getting married up in. Burrow on the Hill, which is some... What a name. What a name. A very, very sort of uh, country manor-esque part of the Midlands, believe it or not. There are some nice bits of the Midlands, apparently. Who knew? Not me. (laughs) (laughs) But but yes, we're up there because Marty uh, is a a prolific um, organiser of events. And Zoe is a prolific goer two of musical events and uh, and apparently uh polymath my band uh 
one of her favorite bands which is very weird um and and marty we've known for years he's been putting on my band we've been doing tours with him for for over a decade so they had polymath play their wedding which is which is rather weird Listeners. certainly quite the compliment yeah it was, I, I was of, of any band let alone you know your band exactly that's not a comment on the other guys just, just <laughs> no, you just you um that's yeah that's a that's an ace compliment Oh, yes, that was, we were honoured to get the option to do it. But of course, I've never been to a wedding where there's been instrumental prog as the mm. as the main band for the evening. So it's definitely going to be very particular. But it was it was a very friend loaded wedding. Certainly, there were family there for the earlier part of the day. But I think very much they made it so. You know, the by the time the band played, it was going to be a it was going to be for friends and stuff, but it was wonderful. When we were playing, they had, uh, you know, Marty and Zoe were being crowd surfed around. It was lots of fun. Were, were they being wholesomely, cr- like, was it, was it, a, was it, how, how standard a crowd surfing affair are we talking here? Like, um, did, did all of Zoe's, uh, I, I assume beautiful wedding dress are fine. <laughs> I'm just basing it on crowd surfing that I've seen over the years. <laughs> I, I feel that she dressed uh, with in mind that she would probably be moshing around for the evening. So, Amazing. So the yeah. the, the dress Good. could certainly uh, was was able to take being picked up by a whole bunch of people and and, and thrown around in the air. But it was uh, fabulous. Do you, do you notice how I'm not worried about Marty at all? <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's he has asserted himself as particularly sturdy for. I yes. imagine most crowd surfing yes. eventualities. Yeah. That sounds amazing. So you didn't do, um, uh, you didn't like break out a polymath uh, version of Proud Mary or any of those things. <laughs> was, no, no, we, there was no like Mr. Brightside, but instrumental <laughs> prog versions. No, <laughs> we did. Uh, we did do uh, Zoe's favorite song. We got Marty to tell us what her favorite song was. And fortunately, it was an easy one. It was um, and a good one as well. We didn't we, we didn't really want to cover anything that was bad, but so he has mm. excellent taste in music. Yeah. Her favourite song turned out to be Glory Box by Portishead. So, oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Two things. Great. Super easy. Same baseline mm-hmm. the whole way through, but mm. easy to give your own sort of lilt to it. Yes. Uh, gotcha. Um, so, I mean, even Portishead themselves, if you watch live videos, the live version of that song is very different from the recorded mm-hmm. version. Um, and so, did yes. she, did she, well, A, was she there for a, because <laughs> if I've learned one thing in, in many years of function band playing, it's trying to get the, the intended person to be there for their song. I feel and like. sometimes uh, having to wait the whole set while, yeah. <laughs> while our bridesmaid is running around trying to catch the errant bride. I, I feel like I was more worried about this than anyone else. I very much like just before we went on, I went to Marty and I was like, look, um, we're going to do this cover, but I'm going to put it somewhere in the in the set where you guys are there. So, mm. you know, maybe if you want to turn up towards the end or if you think you just want to watch the first couple of songs, I'll put it in early. And he was like, he was like, Joe, <laughs> we're he, he's he's from Northern Ireland. So I, uh, he was like, Joe, we're going to be there for the whole set. <laughs> and uh, and and they very much were. They were right at the front, and in fact, everyone was there for the whole. Set. It was lovely. You know, oh, there was definitely that fear that it's like an instrumental prog band are playing this wedding. I know sure. Marty and Zoe think this is a good idea right now, but when it actually comes down to it, is everyone just gonna want to be at the bar getting pissed? You know, mm-hmm. so it's uh, so mm-hmm. we weren't sure which way it was gonna go. It turned out fantastically. We were double worried because there was another band. There was a band on before us, and it was the Best Man Todd's pirate 
bluegrass band. Oh, that sounds like great fun. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm sure the three people that watched them for the bulk of the set really enjoyed it, but oh, it, okay. <laughs> it definitely filled us with fear that uh. no one was going to watch it. I think just no one, no one wanted to watch Pirate Bluegrass, but... Uh, but uh, it was also Aww. they were on earlier in the night, you know. It was, it I was, was going to say you can you can get lucky or unlucky sometimes with time, and then throw a wedding into that uh, circumstance mix, and who knows, you could you could be Meshuga, and yeah. <laughs> it, it could not be the taste of absolutely everyone at the wedding. Well, it sounds like you had a great set anyway. Oh, it was wonderful. It sounds it was like wonderful. a great wedding was had by all. It was indeed fantastic. Yeah. So at, at the end of the set, like I, you know, I jumped into the crowd. I was playing bass on top of my head for the whole sort of last big riff. And then I sort of like my bass sort of got passed, you know, because I was in the crowd, it got sort of passed overhead. And I was mm. like, that's fine. That's, that's, that doesn't matter. And then a couple of seconds later, I saw it being carried around by our friend Naomi uh, Kerry Funnel, uh, the bass ah. player from No Violet. Yes, as, as I have, fantastic bass player and amazing band. She really, yeah, Kerry really is an ace player. Yeah, and I, I've spoken about that band a whole bunch, dear listener, mm-hmm. on this podcast. They're, they're such a good band, and you must check them out if you haven't already. Yeah. Just wonderful modern ad- adaptation with of grunge. Ellie, mm-hmm. the, the the singer and guitarist, plays a jag stang, and and I just think tonally, she's incredible. Vocally, she's incredible. Vocally, and- she's pure power. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And Terry Funnel as, as a bass player is, is just every, everything you want in a bass player for that sort of thing. So yes, brilliantly absolutely. driving and supportive, always playing the right thing. But, but also <laughs> massively okay, so take us, Yeah, take us back to this moment because you seem to be implying great concern that, well, your, that your bass had ended up well, in this moment in her hands. We'd, we'd been there since, uh, since midday. Okay. Um, and, uh, Part of was, me wants to say, say no more because as <laughs> an Irish person, I definitely get what that can mean. But exactly. go on. And this was, this was what, like 10, half 10 by this point at night so we've been there since midday and around three o'clock uh kerry funnel was being carried around on someone's back whilst drinking silver tequila from a bottle so <laughs> I, I need to really emphasize the condition that that she was in and she is very good at getting very drunk very quickly um so that that was very scary and she she put the bass on and then just ran around with it for some time <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Okay. Yeah, she is. She is. I, I forget if it's imp or sprite is the is the better word for this. But yeah, to to be very clear to to anyone listening, she's an incredibly pleasant and funny and and wonderful human being. But um, yeah, decidedly impish drunk is probably the yes the term. Yes. Amazing. So I assume you got it back safe because I feel like you'd still be crying had you not. Just about, yeah, yeah. I got yeah. it back safe, which is good. Nice. That it was my. Uh, I'm playing my '60s sunburst jazz bass. Oh, um, yeah. I, I really like that. I really like that jazz bass. The lack of finish. It was so Mexican made, part of the '60s, the old '60s range. But they did them for a brief period. They did them in tweed hard cases with a lack of finish. It was very cool. Um, so I was playing that, and I've started to, um, after gigs, drag my bass around. In order to get a little bit of extra relicking, so I wasn't too fussed about about that. that about drag it around. Yeah, so what? Like later it. on in your set, drag it around? No, no. Just when I'm finished, I'll drag it from the stage to wherever I'm packing up. Oh wow! I okay. Had to do it this time. Active relicking. I had, relicking. I had to go the whole way across, like the outside of the marquee. So I had to like drag it across concrete 
And yeah, it really yeah, yeah. bounced around when I was doing that. So I think I've done some some decent relicy damage to it. But uh, that's that's an approach I'd I'd, I'd never heard before. Well, there you go. I feel it's, like you're uh, potentially demystifying some of my. Um, Questions about Fender's relicking process that I used to <laughs> that I used to ask every new uh, flea signature jazz bass that would come into my my old store. Ah, yes, of course. Which, How did they do this to you? Incidentally, that flea signature jazz bass is the bass that Kerry Funnel plays in No Violet. It is. Perhaps that was that was why it was on my mind just there. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And yeah, that was another thing that you that you did recently was strange for him. So you've had what four, five weekends of absolute maximum. Yeah, maximum. Joe Branton, <laughs> yeah, Branton, yes. Ranton, Marty party time. Yes, exactly. I have. I yeah, have. You, been... you've gotten good value out of the last four or five weeks. What have I done? I've had COVID <laughs> and then and then felt tired. Yes, you've been you've been having a super <laughs> slow COVID recovery. Yeah. For... <laughs> <laughs> this yeah this what we're listening to well what we're doing right now and what you're listening to right now is the highlight of my week so <laughs> yeah. yeah well well, I mean, I say yeah. that I've been I've been on reverb, haven't I? I've been I've been looking at bases that I shouldn't be looking at, but which is which is something we should talk about because I think I I I think a few weeks ago I don't know like maybe five or six weeks ago on the podcast I feel like I pointed a particular base out to you that I was thinking about getting and mm. ultimately I decided it's not for me, but it's still there and since then it has. Um, it has come down in price. Yes, yes, um, it has indeed. It is a Reverend Triad base. In it's a green burst, but I really wish burst. I knew its its official full name and surname. Hmm. The finish, but it's yeah, a beautiful green burst. And I think at the time, did we did we talk about that you maybe weren't so pushed on the finish? And I was saying. I'm actually quite into it. Um, I, I, think- I like the the finish partially because I think it's got it's got a Burnsy feel to it, so it has that sort of '60s vibe to it. Yeah, very much. 
I really like Reverend stuff, and the triad is the bass that appeals to me most out of their range because you know it's it, for for application in in a band because it's a thirty four inch scale. Mm-hmm. It's a jazz bass style instrument, dear listener. It has three bladed um, jazz, jazz bass. bomb pickups. Exactly. So super versatility, but with all the sounds that you want from you know an ordinary jazz bass. And it'll also do that P-style thing as well because those are humbucking pickups. So you could lock it down to just the one neck pickup and get a great P-sound as well. It's kind of got all the right features. But for me, I feel like it's a bit too much of a smorgasbord of, of everything. It's got that finish is very Burnsy. The blades on the pickups make the pickups look very modern. But then it has binding, which is kind of Gibson-y. Um, it's got an offset feel to it. But then it also has a Tele-style control plate and then it has block inlays it feels like it just has everything there's a feature there from every type of instrument and for me it's that's it's maybe a touch too much i want it to commit to a look and stick to it rather than Mm -hmm. being a bit of everything but you're 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 really into this the time has come on this week's podcast to hear some gear so let's check out some of the complete guitar amplification and effect solutions available from neural dsp and their plugins we've teamed up with neural dsp a bunch over the last year or two matt and i are big fans of what they do and we'd like you to become part of that so use discount code guitar nerds at neuraldsp.com for 30 percent off a whopping 30 percent off any of their plugins worth noting you get a 14 day free trial with any of their plugins with no credit card required so if you just want to see what all the fuss is about you've got a whole two weeks on them uh, with any of their apps and effects now this week i'm checking out the pliny plugin suite pliny is one of the most innovative and refreshing electric guitarists of our generation his distinct sound combines an unusually wide variety of styles progressive fusion and metal all with impressive fluency and elegance neural dsp uh, designed these plug-in amps a bit differently for Pliny. They engineered his dream amps and effects from the ground up to perfectly cover the vast dynamic uh, tonal range that his music requires. These amp designs were then obsessively modelled with extreme accuracy. The result is three refreshingly new amplifiers, a crystal clear clean, a tight and articulate rhythm amp, and a powerful and defined lead amp. Virtual amplifiers that are not only unique but can also excel in their styles. Here's a track I built using only presets. Presets from the Pliny suite and a bit of synth in there and drums. Perfect for elegant soundscape tones, super cleans, and some great 80s lead tones too.
DSP. Check it out on neuraldsp.com and use discount code GUITARNERDS at the checkout for 30% off any of their amp and effects plugins. I feel like I hear your points, but I don't necessarily accept your points. Right, right. of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I hadn't I hadn't really taken in the, the sort of smorgasbord fact uh, of it. I do agree. Yeah, that like objectively, maybe there maybe there is a lot going on, but um, I could be biased being being a huge Reverend fan and having sold my one Reverend um, last year, my Mercalli five, and and sort of knowing um, I was quite happily going to pick up maybe a four string Reverend next. You know, I'd been thinking about the decision, mm. thinking about the Watt player, obviously. Um, and then I think because I've been getting on so great with my Broncoff Bronco. I've perhaps been happy to get a 34 inch scale reference right. first and then, yeah. And then maybe look at like a dub King or a, um, or a Watt player in a few months time. And yeah, I have to say I'm extremely tempted by this, by this triad. I, I really do think you get the, um, you can get quite a hot version of the sort of PJ best of both worlds. Um, you five way switching between the three pickups as well. I, I just like that. That's that's is versatility to the max right there. Yeah, it is. It is for sure. And I think um, I think as well. You know the 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 sort of three pickup configuration is not something that we see um, all too commonly. I, I do think that was. I mean, it's the most noticeable thing about the triad, isn't it? But um, yeah, I think I think smorgasbord, yes, but a ton of useful features and facets probably also yes um you know and i think because my two um my two main use um long scale bases at the moment are both p bases i think um this might bridge me uh pun intended uh nicely back into um sort of jazz town so the the two things the two others that you have are a squire mm -hmm. classic vibe Seventies, uh, right? P yes, base. correct. Yeah, um, with Aguilar um, four, yeah, four P sixty Js. And um, the other one is is a PJ, right? It's the it's it is the, a P that sparkle surf green PJ. Exactly. Yeah the 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 pearl surf pearl um, P base deluxe active special. Um, so that that is a PJ, um, and it's a fabulous base. To be honest, I've been using my classic vibe a little more lately. I had um, had some work done on it, which I'm sure I mentioned by uh, T Side Guitar Tech a few weeks back, and he sanded down the neck for me, and it literally, I without exaggerating, has come back um, with a brass nut and a sanded neck, and literally feels like a two grand base now. Yeah. Um, it it's like it, it's like it has received the the mods that open up the world from classic vibe into um, a base sort of far more than the than the sum of its parts. So I've been having a fabulous time with it. Um, this is this it's kind of testament to to the Squire range of things. Uh, dear listener, I know I bang on about Squire a lot, but I I still can't believe sort of the value for money that you get out of Squire when they're so easy to 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 put very simple mods on like all we're talking mm -hmm. about here is sanding the net changing the nut a little pickup upgrade and because they're actually fender you know it's very easy to mod these things i know there are countless other affordable companies you could potentially mod but there's something about having a little bit of their heritage there with the you, you know that that you've got something that's based on a 
in this case a 70s p bass you know they also do 60s jazz basses or whether it's a, a bound 60s telly or or you know a 50s strat you know they've got all the iconic things affordable that just need a little a little push over the line and they they can feel substantially more value absolutely yeah and i you know this certainly is my first time saying it on the pod but i think with squire in particular we've been we've really gotten some good value out of the last sort of um two three years in terms of in terms of their releases like delving into the paranormal range the sort of newer classic vibe um models the contemporary range um yeah i think like you say i think it's it's really completely okay to um to to still in this day be into the sort of iconic um body shapes and appointments and and why you know why wouldn't you if you're on a bot on a budget <laughs> on a budget yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't you um yeah why wouldn't you want want a piece of the pie and i think i think one thing more budget instruments afford you in regards to mods is i think it can lessen the guilt of kind of taking out <laughs> and uh, swapping in I feel like it feels like less of a risk if um, if you haven't got you know a, tw- a twelve hundred pound slab in front of you in terms uh, of what you've what you've just bought. Do you know what I mean? I totally agree. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, I feel like to be honest, even with something like the triad, I feel like I'd be a little slower to kind of consider it- swap outs. <clears throat> no, yeah, not only because obviously I'm I'm into. Um, I, I not only because I happen to be genuinely into sort of all of the sort of parts and hardware that that a brand like Reverend does, but um, it it just seems easier on a you know three four hundred pound. It's um, acceptable. Instrument. It's acceptable mm. on a Squire. It's almost what you're expected to do if you get a Squire, but play properly. If, if, yeah, if that's absolutely. Yeah, I used to I used to work with um, uh, an amazing guitarist called. Uh, Darren Dempsey, I used to work with him in uh, the store I worked in in Dublin. An extremely creative guitarist, just one of those players who would do unfathomable things with pedals you thought you knew, that type uh-huh. of player. And I used to hear him every guitar he would sell um, outside of sort of people he already knew. He would always say, you know, this guitar is a blank canvas for you. And his... he. He was the person I knew who really pushed mods the most, and he literally was right. on the shop floor taking the you know taking the, the guitar <laughs> off the hook on the wall, and I thought it was a yeah I thought it was a really good um good outlook to be kind of getting into uh, maybe newer players' heads from the outset you know is this this isn't the be all end all of this instrument you know think of this as as a canvas for you to put some more paint on with yeah with any mods you want to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I I completely agree. I think, to, to be honest, it's the reason that I still always come back to that 60s jazz bass is because mm, that jazz mm-hmm. bass has been a hundred different things to me. You know, it's yeah. had four or five yeah. different pickup changes, scratch plate changes. You yeah. Know. I've, 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 I've changed the bridge, the, the hardware entire. I've sanded the neck, you know, things. Mm-hmm. I've, I've re-lacquered the neck, you know. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and it certainly is why I think um, so many of us do come back to kind of the the bigger brand and the um, sort of iconic models, isn't it? Is is yeah. mods are mods are um, inherently that bit easier to sort of just drop in as opposed to if we go uh, with quirky and quirky for both instrument and mod. 
Guitarheads are teaming up with Music Nomad, and I, I really think, nerds, you need to check out musicnomadcare.com. We've spoken about all their wonderful guitar maintenance products on the podcast, and, and I really can't emphasize how important it is to look after your gear and how easy Music Nomad make that for you with things like their, their how-to advice center and their setup hub. Music Nomad have been around for a little over 10 years, and in that time, they've become one of the most recognized brands for guitar tech gear. They're available worldwide in every guitar store you can think to name, and it's for a good reason. All their products are professional-grade quality. Every tool, and even the cases the tools come in, are designed for proper, rugged, on-the-road use. Make sure you check out what all the buzz is around Music Nomad, as they are redefining and raising the bar for equipment care. Learn more at musicnomadcare.com, or follow them on social media with at musicnomadcare. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, the, you know, the thing with Squire is that it's it seems to be expanding. Like, of course, I'm going to talk about the, the classic vibe range a lot because that's the stuff that appeals to me. But if I step outside of just my sort of personal bias with the range, mm-hmm. I can't believe how good Squire have been doing with the the contemporary series recently. And I'm, I'm, not, just, yeah. I'm not just talking about bass here. I, actually, I think on guitars, they do things like the, the contemporary Strat special where you're getting... Mm-hmm angled strap pickups in different positions so they're they're all angled like a bridge pickup you've got two right next to each other in the bridge position so almost in a humbucking position and one in the neck you get a baked maple neck and you get kind of cool unique original finishes that you don't see on other things as well as stuff like cupcake knobs and they're and it's still we're still talking about a 350 pound instrument that's there for you to modern turn into whatever you want but Absolutely. what I mean is it doesn't just have to be the the predictable vintage-styled things that you might, you know, mod, which I guess is tends to be the type of instrument you'd see modded a lot. There are sure there yeah. are a whole bunch of super cool things. Like I keep thinking about the the Starcaster, the contemporary active Starcaster. Imagine yeah, that. of course. It it's a H H, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it comes with active uh, active SQR pickups, but you know. You shove a couple of EMGs in there. That's a, a, a completely legitimate instrument for Absolutely. for that sort of application. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a HH Strat. I'm pretty sure in there with a Floyd Rose as well. This is yes. awesome. Yeah. This is but- awesome. We're going back to early 2000s metal <laughs> Strats. They may not be for me, but honestly, like I just I love seeing that. Um, I just love seeing, I don't want to say outside the box because it, it, it's still a Fender Strat, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ultimately. But um, but yeah. yeah, I don't know, just that that reopening to sort of um, to sort of uh, outside the box um, design within iconic shapes. I sound like I'm a bloody branding person now for Fender Squire. <laughs> I'm not, just disclaimer. But uh, yeah, still a big fan, big fan. And I think with, um, I, it's funny you touched on Contemporary Active as well. I think it is... A fantastic range for those of us who are into mods, but also like the idea of that work sort of being done for us. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I think that's another nice thing about picking up an instrument that's sort of a um, a twist on a classic, as it were. Is sometimes you can kind of have the mods done for you, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is always a nice touch as well. I guess a bit like maybe maybe PJ bases in a way, you know. Yeah, and but certainly is, in the case of a shell pink strap with a with a black Floyd Rose style. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and all the black hardware dropped in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, very cool. Mm. Do you think with the Reverend Triads? Do you think mm. uh, it? You know, 
is that your favourite bass in the range, or is it is it just because you know, of course, dear listener, uh, Reverend may well be very uh, available to you in the states right now, but in the UK at the moment, there ain't too much of the the basses uh, kicking around. Um, in, in certainly in short. Do you mean periods. on the on the scene? Well, were? yeah, I, I guess uh, yeah. Retailers in the UK right now seem to have what plowers. Mm-hmm. and the occasional dub king and mm-hmm. that's about it so none of the 34 inch scale um reverends seem to be around at the moment so i guess mm. my, my question is if you of at the moment in the uk if you type reverend onto reverb the only one that's going to come up is that triad uh, indeed used so yeah. uh so do you think if you weren't limited by that is the triad the thing you'd you'd go for oh i don't know if it is to be honest um I, and that's not taken away from genuinely really liking the triad. Sure. Like I'm not, um, I'm not brand blind in sort of really seriously considering it. It is because there's sort of um, genuine things I can really see working into, you know, my playing and kind of upcoming gigs. I know I might have that type of thing um, because I, you know, potentially in the in the coming months I have um, some heavier gigs as well as uh, the sort of function stuff that I'm more used to. So that's a super nice thing to consider with the. Uh, with the triad in particular. Um, I remain a big Mercalli stan. Um, stan is a Gen Z word for when you support something, Joe. Sorry, I forgot uh, how much older you are than me just I, there I for a moment. Not, I, I did not know what you were saying there. Right. Did you actually not know what stan no, means? No, I did not. I did not. Ah, okay. Um, I'm barely a millennial. <laughs> true. True, you barely snuck in there. Um, yeah, I think the the yeah the decision P and the uh, Mercalli four, so the four string um, version of the five that I had. Um, I am still massive fans of those. So both of those, you have a reverse P. Um, and you have uh, a J position. The Mercalli four, of course, you have sort of what are they called? Are they big brick? I think they yeah, reference just, big just a, big brick pickups. A, but Music Man style. Yeah. Um, and then the Decision P, you have the, what are they called? They're the blade type. Blade type, blade type, blade yeah. type. It's just it's a, a, yeah, a it's a jazz bomb and a P blade. That's P what it blade. is. Right. Um, yeah, so those are two. Um, yeah, those are those are the two I've kind of always been, been a fan of. You still have your sort of... Um, I suppose loosely, um, loosely P-styled, you know, body with pick guard, that sort of thing, um, and just amazing sounding as well. Like the Mercalli in particular, the um, the sort of responsiveness of the tone knob makes it such a versatile bass. I do like the slightly sharper touch of that reverse P as well, um, right. and again, just across the board with Reverend, just rock solid um, feel and tuning. Thanks to the um, Hipshot hardware. And I guess the bridge humbucker makes it a little bit more versatile, well, or, or at least gives you access to some sort of super articulate heavy tones. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely it does. Now, for me, um, I sort of have that looked after by the uh, Deluxe Active P that I have, but with um, with anything reverent because of the different body wood, because you have the Karina body, um, I do think you kind of have tonally a different approach there, which I love the idea of having in um, in the base arsenal as it were right I see. Mm. do you know something really funny i actually forgot this until just when you asked me about other models i (laughs) 
I've mixed feelings about this. I actually saw my old Mercalli 5 on, on Reverb as well the other the day. The actual one? The actual one. So the guy I sold it to is obviously, he's obviously moved on, I think, to, to something else, Reverend. But um, yeah, so our, our friend Joe uh, of fellow bass playing fame uh, linked linked me to it and made some joke about here's, here's your ex-husband <laughs> about the bass. <laughs> and um and I kind of laughed and looked at it and I thought, hang on, there, you know, there cannot be many, um, you know, Midnight Black Mercalli fives in the UK, particularly, as you just said. There, there, yeah, there's definitely, a, I feel, a few less basses than there are guitars uh, on the land. Mm. And then, yeah, of course, looked at the, looked the at, at the serial in the images and was like, no way. <laughs> He's selling it for more than I sold it for oh, as well, which is... Oh, that's the burn. Which that's is the burn. <laughs> that burn. So yeah, anyway, it's it's my first time seeing that. I'm sure that's a moment many of us gearheads have, but uh, my fir- definitely my first time seeing my actual instrument resold. Wow. So it's okay. It's okay. I'm very committed to to a four-string Reverend neck, so... Good. That's the, a, that's the the sensible choice. Yeah, it's not like it's not like seeing the ex at the club with their new person <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> have you have you had any more? Um, have you had any more thoughts on any Reverend purchases for yourself? Isotope and Native Instruments have teamed up to create the start to finish bundle that home recording guitar nerds have been waiting for. Plus, you, dear listener, get an extra 10% off with guitar nerds by using discount code NERDS10 at the checkout on isotope.com. From the creative spark to the final touch, their new bundles include pretty much everything you could possibly need, which is great because it's far too easy to sink hundreds of pounds and a big chunk of your time into just picking up random plugins. The music production suite 4.1 and complete 13 bundle contains over 30 intelligent mixing, mastering and repair plugins, 65 premium instruments, 20 plus expansions and over 35,000 sounds. And if that's a bit basic for you, they've also bundled Music Production Suite 4.1 with Complete 13 Ultimate, which gives you everything that makes Complete 13 incredible, plus a colossal library of added synths, sampled instruments and effects. 115 plus premium instruments and effects, 39 native instruments expansions and over 65,000 sounds. It sounds like a lot. It is. It's very good, very comprehensive. And as we've come to expect from Isotope, it's very good value. If you're looking to get into home recording, I cannot recommend it more highly. And if you're already into home recording, it it really is the one-stop shop for making what you do sound better. This podcast is entirely treated and produced using Isotope plugins, and Native Instruments have been responsible for almost every synth or sample you've heard on our Guitar Nerds jingles. Check out their great new bundles on isotope.com or follow links in the description of this podcast and use discount code NERDS10 at the checkout for 10% off anything in the Isotope arsenal. Well, I did. Well, I thought about that triad as well, but I've sort mm. of. Um, I, I think I've, I've decided to step a step back from it, at it. All of it, all purchasing new guitars at the moment. I'm mm. focusing on effects pedals at the moment for a nice. couple of reasons. Partially because uh, my, um, I'm, I'm having a, a custom shop built by Moore Guitars. Dear listener, you might remember us oh, yeah. talking about them a couple of years ago. I had I had Moore Guitars uh, on the on the podcast, M-O-A-R uh, guitars, if you 
want to different from the, the pedals yes yes not not m-o-o-e-r like the pedals m-o-a-r um a, a lovely danish um copenhagen based um guitar custom shop uh, that make fantastic uh instruments the, the whole thing with them is they're very very slim um and I super lightweight incredible construction and they do um they do a an instrument a guitar which has also occasionally been made in bass form which is what i've ordered called the wayfarer because it is wayfarer thin um oh, which is a, a 335 style instrument but insanely thin like you can pick it up with one hand as he does from the bottom of the body and show you just how thin it is in, in oh, i'm on the pictures. website Oh, God. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really cool. They're, they're just some really cool beautiful. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, the, awesome. the Wayfair for me, I just think I just think it's a remarkably cool-looking instrument. So I have, um, I've commissioned a, um, a 34-inch scale Wayfarer bass with Amazing. three, um, with three B90s uh, of <gasps> his own construction. Yes, and, uh, three. Three, yeah, bass six <laughs> switching. Um, except for the bass cut, I don't need that. So just as in, uh, just three switches for each pickup, yep. rather than yep. any sort of blending. Beautiful. Um, okay. And then yeah, like a uh, like a, a trapeze style bridge, which is probably mm-hmm. a bad idea. But but I, I, I have to complete the look. I can't have just a just a normal bass bridge on on something that looks this cool. I've got to have the full tail piece. I feel like um, you'd struggle with all all regular appointments on any instrument that you were commissioning. <laughs> I feel like that would be one of the harder things you'd have to overcome in your life yes. <laughs> if you were to be challenged with that. Exactly. Yeah, God, these are stunning. I feel like I feel like you've surely shown shown me this at some point before, but um probably. Probably. What yeah. uh, what 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 are you going for? Well if if dear listener, if if you do go to the the Instagram Moore Guitars on Instagram and you scroll back through, you'll find the base that inspired this, um, which has already been built. Um, by someone else who also had um, uh, the 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 Wayfarer with three uh, B90, P90 style pickups in a 34 inch scale. I have gone for the same wood. I've gone for a Wenge. So it's going to be a dark, the a, a very dark wood bound. The model that mm. you see in the in the images is gone for like gold pickups and gold hardware. I wouldn't go for that. I'm going for a simple nickel um, on everything. Still having the I'm having cream binding on nice. mine. But also, crucially, the the other thing I'm having is no f holes. Um, oh, okay. I, just to help with any, not that something this thin should really be dealing with having much of a feedback concerns. I just really yeah. like the look of no f holes on these sort of large, large style bases. So. Yeah. So is that going to be? Is it going to be solid or chambered or? It's going to be. It's going to be hollow. Um, right, hollow. Okay. Uh, I just don't want it to feedback too much, so I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm not going to have those f holes on it so yeah mm-hmm. so that's that is started finally 18 months ago i put down my first deposit on it mm, but mm-hmm. i did have the option to make some payments in the last 18 months i haven't um mm. and it's quite expensive so uh i can so, see that and, uh, yes <laughs> from the website but i mean it's uh, yeah this is yeah it, a work of art yeah, really by the level of of work gone into it yeah they're, they're really cool they're really cool but of course, he's come back to me and been like ah. Oh, finally getting around to yours uh, i have it done by july and i'm like that is not a lot of time to get this amount of money <laughs> so uh nice. so, yeah, so so hence i am not gonna buy anything else 
for a little while. I'm going to need to take it rather easy on the uh, Indeed. purchasing in- instruments front. But I'm really excited, really excited to get that. I think it'll be, it'll be super cool. We'll yeah. See. I would we'll be too. How it turns out. His yeah. um yeah, his his Instagram is is a thing of beauty. I'm gonna mm. gonna leave that tab open for a little little <laughs> scroll after hours, I think. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they are they are very good. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm looking yeah. looking forward to that. But it, it doesn't mean that I'm not gonna try a few pedals, because of course I'm always on the lookout really for three things. I found the three things that I'm always on the lookout for. New compressors. Um new transparent-ish drive pedals mm-hmm. for bass. And, of course, I'm constantly on a bit of a fuzz search. Um, so there are a few things, a few things I'm looking at this week. Would you no- call your fuzz search a fuzz circuit if you're always on it? <laughs> you're, meant, you're meant to laugh. <laughs> sure. It was the worst pun of the week. Yes. Come on. Yeah. You're going to have to edit out that silence. That was I'm that not- was harrowing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, so I only the two of us here. There's no buffer. There's no I'm buffer sorry. to my terrible puns. <laughs> it was a great pun. I appreciate it Buffer was a pun too. God damn it. <sighs> my talent is wasted. I know. I know. Well, yes. Yeah, so, well, I, 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 I haven't found anything new for my fuzz search at the, at the moment okay. this week. Um, but it, last week I was speaking about um, uh, going to see Sang Freud play. Oh, um, you you did or you will be? I, I did. So I saw them at Portals. Okay. And Charlie Barnes, the guitarist in Sang Freud, who's the guitarist in Chaoda Koo, um, ab- absolutely, it was was incredible. And I was talking about how he was getting loads of his tone, was playing a telly into a Proco Rat into a Fender Twin. Um, with a bunch of amp reverb, he he was Charlie Barnes was at the at the the, the wedding, in fact. Dear, mm-hmm. Dear, mm-hmm. So I I had a chat with him about that, about like you know, just wow, like I've never heard anyone you know make a rat sound like good. I've never cared about rats. I've just written them off the whole way through. Never liked the sound of them. Never heard anyone make a rat sound that good. And I could, his guitar tone was amazing. I got to stand right in front of him when they played some of the best guitar tone I have ever heard ever in all of my life I, I loved every minute of his playing so spoke to him about it and being like you know how did you come up like what why that why did he make that decision you know how what made you think to partner this together to get the sounds that you do because he's a very johnny greenwood-esque guitarist dear listener if you're mm-hmm. uh, for, for that sort of thing so I, was like, I don't know how you came to this decision he was like oh i think i found that pedal on the street or at a car boot or something i've just owned it for for years that's it. There's no always there's, the bloody there's no, way. There's no thought into it. He's just like, yeah, maybe I should get something else. And I was like, no, <laughs> never change. No, absolutely not. <laughs> never change. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, but it, it made me start thinking about rap pedals. And uh, a couple of listeners reached out on the group. Dear podcast listener, do, do join the Facebook group for for our discussion. Uh, Guitar it's a lovely group place. on Facebook. If you wanna, if you wanna make suggestions or just get involved in the discussion. So a few people reached out to me and made discussions. One of the uh, made suggestions, one of the suggestions was uh, the, the Commodoro. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got it right this time. Me, but, but, me and Naomi were talking before the podcast. I was like, yes, there's this new pedal by Commodoro. <laughs> it's an absolute, not even dad, but a granddad moment, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got here with this Komodo row? Komodo row. Some of this pita bread and hummus. Yeah, rat yeah. base. 
Foo Fighters. Foo yeah. Fighters. Yeah. Very cool. Exactly. Um, but uh, yes, so I was uh, I was linked through the, to this. Um, I almost said, I'm going to go with Komodo. I'm just going to do it because I'm going to naturally say it anyway. So I'll just nip it in the bud now. It's like the it's like the musician's mistake. If you if you do it if you do it three times and make it a thing, then is it really a mistake? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Okay. So so we're talking about the Komodo rat base. We are talking about the Komodo rat base. Um, so there were a couple of a couple of iterations of these that I was kind of uh, linked to. Um, and if you go to Komodo Pedales.com, dear listener, you can check out all their stuff. Spanish company. Um, they do a few different things. All of their pedals look really good. And the rat bass, they do in two versions, I think. They do a, a double pedal and a single pedal version. Of, oh, look at that. I hadn't seen the double rat bass. I, I don't need two. It's it's just a second one sort of on there. So I'm, I'm fine with the sort of the, the, the one. Oh, um, sure. Yeah, awesome. So it gives you, gives you your two... Um... Yeah, you can have yeah, two setups. Toggle on, toggle off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. You can stack them, but you know, I mm-hmm. probably only need one. So it's really good. So of course, as is standard, what's the one thing that makes it a rat bass rather than a rat? It's got a blend. Oh yeah. Um, which is which is great. So you've got four control, essentially a four control um version of the Proco rat. I'm not sure they can call it the rat bass. <laughs> I really don't I'm, think that's Yeah, I'll I'll be honest, I was a bit surprised as well. Yeah, well Ma- I mean maybe this will be one of the one of the cool ones that if you <laughs> if you pick it up now you won't you'll Exactly. You'll have to pick up the what else the would they Spanish, call it? Spanish, ladies and gentlemen, the Spanish. They never were one to shy away from a fight. And in this case, <laughs> I'm sure a cease and desist is well on the way. But, uh, Absolutely, yeah. What would, what would it become? What would the safe name be? Ugh, it, there's, but, uh, it, you can call it anything. Like uh, I've got a, a rat here called the Moose from, oh, uh, okay. from uh, Bright Onion uh, mm. Pedals. So, you know, you've got all of those options. There are loads of different... So what did Fuzz Rocious do? They they changed theirs. They I think they did get a cease and desist for their king rat. I think they changed theirs oh. to their king cat instead. Makes so, sense. Um, Reminds so, me of what was the JHS one? Was it the Pink Panther? Yes, I, think the I have Pan- a Pink Panther from yeah, before before it became Lucky Cat. That was it. Pink Panther to Lucky Cat. Mm. Indeed, I was saying as well. I I'm an enjoyer of the. Um, Really, just minimal, minimal typography artwork on this pedal. Yeah, you uh, were kind uh, of saying, "Is it artwork?" And I think yes, it is. Because <laughs> it's, it's just uh, text, no, it's, but it's it looks great. Yeah, you know, because I'm a huge. I I first got into like you know sort of Earthquaker were one of the first brands where I was like, "Wow, oh my god, pedal artwork is awesome!" And then you know saw Walrus and saw Walrus Audio and then saw you know sort of Zvex's incredible hand painted enamel and. Um, yeah, I, I think the best of both worlds is nice and super simplistic. Um, really does it for me as well. Yeah, yeah, well, it definitely looks it's cool. Nice Very, touch. I, I, I like the sort of simple, minimal white pedal. It, mm. it looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever have you ever used rats much? Proco rats ever been on your radar? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have one. Have one on my pedal shelf here still. It is a rat. Yeah, it's a rat too. It's right. a rat too. And what I did, um, I haven't played it in a while because haven't really had a project that has needed it but in my old band um bitch falcon 
which was quite quite grungy sort of stuff. What I loved doing was stacking the rat on top of other stuff. Oh, really? So, what, so yeah. would you replace the low end after the rat sucked it out, sort of thing? I oh, this was early <laughs> early days of understanding pedals. I understood the fundamentals of signal flow, but not much beyond that. And I, I mean, I don't know how much that has improved since, to be honest. But I'd like to think I'm better now. Uh, so my my trick, big quote unquote, was um, to use the rat with an octaver, actually, um, really? when I wanted real nasal, real gross, like, eh, sort of sound. Um, I could almost get this uh, really gross, squarey sound with using it with, oh God, of all things, um, an electroharmonics octave multiplexer. Oh, which wow. Was, <laughs> yeah, lo-fi and warbly as hell. Yeah, that's like, I want a lower note, but I don't mind which one. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's one of the better reviews of that pedal I, <laughs> I, I think you you could make. Um, yeah, so, you know, typical me, kind of low budget, lo-fi. Um, but it was cool. It was, it was I really liked uh, sort of tacking in the rat. I kind of forget. So it, in this case, it was a three-piece band where um, the guitarist had herself had an incredible array of pedals and very broad sounding pedals as well. So Lizzie would use a lot of... Um, she would use an awful lot of reverb, an awful lot of delay, like quite wide bandwidth sort of effects. Um, right. And I quite liked how you could really just like stomp in some poke with the rat. I see. So yeah, definitely not an always on for me. Um, but I I, no. I think if and when I kind of am in heavier projects again, which I have some planned for the near future, I think the rat will be going back on the board mm -hmm. as, a, as a... What I compartmentalize in my brain as a true effect, as in an effect on top of my always-on sound. Right, yeah. To it stomp can, on it for It can sections. never be your drive sound, but it could it, be a cool, weird alternative to that. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll never, I'll, with all respect to Proco, I, I don't think I'll ever um, consider um, any for, any form of the rat sort of um, uh, a very bassy, bassy sort of driver distortion for me. I think I it'll see. always be... Uh, a sort of higher end gross thing, which I love. I like having that to stomp in. Hmm. Yes, I see. Well, I, I'm, I'm have you? What's I, what's your, well, yeah? What's what's been your history? Did you just tell me that you've never used? It? I've never used one. I do yeah. own one. I own two. I have two. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> that is, that is I'm not sure when the second so one. So Joe Branton. I have a collection of them. <laughs> I've just I've just never plugged them in. No. Oh, and of course I have the 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 bright onion mus as well. You do. So yeah, sure. Technically, I have a few, but. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't think I've ever really found the right application for them. So I've never really used them seriously. I think mm -hmm. potentially at one point, a Proco Rat may have made it onto an old baseboard, but I don't mm. think I really used it. Wasn't it wasn't a big one. No, it wasn't yeah. anything that I really... I think, I mean, I mean, like, I think it made it onto an early board where I was probably just trying to put as many pedals on my board as possible. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like Pop I, in there. Yeah. Yeah. We, we all do that in early... When you're in weird bands uh, where big When you're in weird are, bands, yeah, and it's okay thing. for bassists to be a little bit insecure. We are faced <laughs> with many big guitar boards, a lot of us. Yeah. Um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta size up. No, I, I, I fully get you. Yeah, I think maybe maybe we're singing from the same hymn sheet here that it's um it's it's fantastic on bass when used uh discerningly. Yes, yeah. Well, that, there, sounds, there, that sounds a bit highbrow. I just yeah, I think I think when when used right it's it's awesome on bass, but mm. it's um it's such a 
it's such a shouter of <laughs> such yeah. a shouter of a pedal on on bass. Um, sometimes it can be awesome to just let us do the low work and let it really shine on guitar. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I I am actually, however, interested in what a normal one would sound like for guitar. Just mm-hmm. because I thought it was such an incredible sound that Charlie Barnes had, it probably was just the fact that he's a great guitarist. But I do want to explore that. So I was thinking about, um, I was looking around, like what are the what's the best rat, like normal rats out there, rat style pedals? Because of course, mm. last year was the year of the rat. Dear listener, I appreciate it. if you're obviously more into effects, you probably are oversaturated with with rat clones after last year. But I never really got involved in that, so I'm doing it now. Um, but the, the, the one that, that really stands out for me made by a fantastic, um, company. And also I just love the simplicity of it. And I trust the brand to make a really good sounding version of it. Tate effects. Um, they do their rodent 308, um, which looks great. I love the simplicity of it. I really like the Tate effects logo. It's, it's dead simple, but it's just the Tate effects logo and the name rodent 308 on a black pedal with these huge oversized, uh like three controls for for the pedal so i know that he makes high quality stuff i don't understand any of the uh any of the jargon about resistors and capacitors that uh i find companies like tate effects and thorpe effects often you know preach about on their on their write-ups for their pedals right rightly so it just means nothing to me but the fact that they've been mentioned suggests that they're things that are good (laughs) so (laughs) so you've got me there Yep. Yeah, this is this is real pro talk. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the number one guitar podcast. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, the the Roden 308 looks great. It does. Yeah, it's it's superb looking. Um again, yeah, funnily also uh not unlike the um not the unlike the rap base. Yeah. <laughs> You know, for all your amazing pronunciation, it it's just somehow didn't stick in my head. How how strange. Um, yeah, also also quite simplistic. Um, I suppose the rat itself is... Oh, I managed to turn on a demo in my ears there. That was very disconcerting. Oh, nice. um, yeah, it's gorgeous looking. Very into that. Yeah, it's cool. I might, I, might, I might get one. But there's, a, yeah. there's another pedal that I actually did get this week. Let me see if I can get it. Here it is. In fact... Oh, I just got. In fact, I just got a text message from the very fella who who makes them. Thorpey Effects um, oh. sent me this week uh, their the Fat General, which is their compressor, and it is mm. extremely good. Now, it's it's another one of the pedals that Thorpey Effects make uh, a bunch of stuff with uh, as collaborations with Dan Coggins and. The in in this case it, it, again it's another almost update or reimagining of Dan Coggin's old pedal. So this is an evolution of the critically acclaimed OTC two hundred one compressor. It's dead simple. You've just got a treble control, sustain, a balance, which is exactly what I want, and mm. then a blend uh, switch that's just a switch between blend and juicy. Um, but it is a dead simple compressor. And the thing I really like about it that I really look for in compressors is it's very difficult to make this not sound good, which is handy. It means you can not know what you're doing and probably still end up with a good sound, which is very useful. While that's very useful and very attractive, can you help me to understand what the balance does? Uh, it's I, not I, a term I've seen on every compressor. 
I think it's just a blend. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. I thought you meant that there was a. I thought you were saying there was a balance and a blend. Oh, right. There, there is like a switch that says oh, blend oh, or juicy. It's a blend um, switch. But, the, okay. but there's, but then the balance rotary. I think mm. is just bring, bringing in your clean sync signal alongside the compressed sound. Sure. Okay. Which is great because That's it means nice. that I can actually make this incredibly transparent if I want. I can make yeah. it like a really subtle evening of my tone mm-hmm, evening mm-hmm. out of my tone or i can i can really pump it and get that really sort of sucky uh like 80s over compressed sound and i really like that this pedal does both very well like a lot of compressors tend to be one or the other and they tend to try to be one or the other like not un- unintentionally they're they're either aiming for hey this is a really transparent compressor it's a compressor that you won't even know it's on but it's on you know that that tends to be the thing that multi-band compressors want to market themselves as you know like, yes this absolutely will, this will just make everything more even and then you've got the other side of compressors that are like this is a super effects compressor that you know make will make you sound like you know every everything's every note that you're playing is sucking the air out of the room um and that's both of those are kind of desirable sounds for me so it's really nice to have a pedal that can do both but also just i don't know just sound naturally great just really articulate and really good and kind of do the job just with that one treble control it's like sparkliness it's kind of like doing the job of a bit of a preamp as well as a compressor like i used to use an mxr microamp a lot as well as a compressor and just have those two things on at the front of my chain or whichever way yeah just after Mm. straight after the bass and i kind of feel like this does a little bit of both nice to have something that's giving me a little bit of an eq tweak early on in my chain yeah um yeah i think i think um a simple compressor is absolutely invaluable and if it's one which like all things torpy is beautifully built with i think you probably just alluded to it but yeah another builder who um certainly seems to pride himself on all of the parts internal and external that are kind of used to build it. I think, um, yeah, it's great to not, to not, not have to overcomplicate things and just have a super simple, really easily tweakable, transparent, uh, comp in your chain. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and for me, it's absolutely an always on compressor, which is Mm -hmm. what I'm always looking for. I've done things where I've had like a couple of compressors on my board before where like I'd have one maybe for more effectsy style stuff, like one that's going to give me like all the harmonics and things like that. And then one normal Mm. one, but honestly, like just switching between them can be a bit of a faff. Like you get some real nasty sounds if you accidentally, you you know, if you end up with both on at the same time, it's just, they're awkward. awkward. It's awkward to have two compressors on a board. So I do want something that can just be on all the time, but maybe with a little subtle adjustment for a track can do both jobs really well. I've not really found anything that can do that until now. I've been really happy with the Boss BC-1X. Um, I've been really happy with the Analog Man uh, by compressor, uh, the Empress. Um, what is the Empress one called? It's on my shelf. The Compressor Mark II. Oh, yeah. They've been really, really good, um, but none of them can do both things. They have, they're have they very much one or the other. Um and you know, the, I think the the uh, the Empress Compressor Mark II can probably do both things, but it also does both things with like seven or eight rotaries, and that's a, that's that's too, too much for me to get my head around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the Empress is so beautiful sounding, but yeah, ex- exactly like you say, there's there's a lot there, and there's a lot both in in rotaries and in in kind of board real estate. Um, yeah, I, I'm. It's I, a. Yeah, sorry, go on. No, 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 go on. 
No, just it's it's handy that while while being built like a tank, um, the Thorpey pedals um, mostly manage to still be nice and compact and kind of take up one U of sort of uh, board space, which yeah. I love. Yeah, and just I just need those simple controls. And dear listener, I appreciate not everyone does. I know that's a, a personal thing. But my problem when things things like the Empress compressor, compressor which has what six eight rotaries on there, mm. I am constantly thinking: Is there something I should what have tweaked here? Yeah, what can I change? What how yeah. is mm-hmm. th- does this sound bad? Is there a way that this could sound better? Have should I be messing yeah. with this? Should I have that control there? Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and- oh, totally. Some sometimes the best thing you can do for your pedal board is limit your decisions and limit your controls and. Uh, I don't know. I don't mean to make it sound so binary as, you know, less knobs mean more creativity. But sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you can, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe as an exercise, I should like build a board with, um, with the least controls possible. I, yeah. yeah. It's just something I kind of believe in is, um, having comprehensive effects is absolutely awesome. But yeah, I absolutely. <sighs> could get lost sometimes in in decision fatigue about um about settings and recall and such exactly exactly yeah mm. uh, yeah i do specifically that so we'll see we'll see we'll see yeah I'll get on with the fat general over the over the next week i'll report back do yeah i'm curious about it as well yes yeah well it turned up today so i played it i've played around with it a bunch today and i'm still in that yeah that honeymoon period of being like this sounds great um, sure so. yeah give it a few plays exactly we'll see very we, cool we will see now i did i, I realize i i've been asked a couple of times for an update on the baseball um because i said this year i was going to get into baseball i decided to support the philadelphia phillies you're actually talking about the sport this yeah. is how stuck in pun mode i am <laughs> I know. Sorry, I literally, I'm like, what pedal's this? I don't mean the electro-harmonics baseballs, which is their <laughs> Q-tron pedal. I actually mean Major League Baseball. Awesome. The, the American sport. I said I was going to get into it, and I was, going right. to, I was going to make references on the podcast. But honestly, dear listener, I, first off, I've been very busy. These last three weeks <laughs> have been insane. And so what I did, I was like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into this because you know I I've I've know plenty about football. I follow football. I lose money regularly on betting websites <laughs> uh, for football. And and you're a man of your word. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So so why not lose money on keeping your word? You know? <laughs> well, exactly. So I thought I thought I you know I know my way around a sport. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll check out baseball today. I have no idea what's happening. No idea. I started trying to follow it like more than the scores today. I was watching some clips. I like if you go to like there's Major League Baseball seems to have its own website, like an MLB.com sort of uh, a website. And they show like a little there's little clips with little news articles. And they're like uh, they like it looks like the Phillies won something recently. And uh, and they've got a thing where they're like, what a way to win it. Down to the final strike, the Phillies walked it off in the bottom of the 10th. I don't know what they're saying. And the little video <laughs> clip, I don't know, it looks like someone drops a ball for a bit. Is that the thing? Was that the help? Was that the was that the Dodgers defense messing up? I think that's what that was. I don't really know. The Phillies look happy. I wish I'd put money on this game. I haven't. So, you know, that's it. Dear listener, if you if you can give me some sort of brief, I don't want to go into depth about it. I, I just need to start off lightly 
What on earth happens? How does it work? How does the game happen? You know, that's that's what I need to know. So yeah. if you wanna if you wanna educate me, dear listener, that would be fantastic. It would take a lot of the pressure off of me having to do any research of my own, really. You know. And just pretend and lie and celebrate at at the risk of celebrating at the wrong moment in the yeah. game match. Exactly. Baseball game or a baseball baseball lives somewhere along the same lines as cricket in my sports spectrum. Ah, but um, cricket, I understand. What? It's you easy. Is Sorry, are you being serious? No, I don't I have no idea what's happening. Yeah, no, no cr- cricket is is absolutely um far afield for me. And I and I live next to a cricket stadium, so I feel a bit conscious of this because Ooh. there's always cricket fans floating about and cheering and I'd I'd love to be able to eavesdrop because I'm a total nosy parker. So yeah, I sort of can relate to your want to to get into baseball. There you go. Yeah. I, I've mm. also recently discovered that Sky Bet, which is the betting app I use, doesn't seem to do baseball. So I need to find something else where I can mm. bet on baseball games. So I also need education, dear listener, on what, what sort of bets to take. Cause I, I don't know what I should I don't know what what, what sort of things. Yeah, how what, it works. What's what's the bet Fred of baseball? Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I need to know. So uh so educate me, dear listener. And uh yeah. Well in in the meantime, in the meantime, because you know, we're coming to the end of this podcast, but I wanna I wanna leave everyone with this, including you, Naomi. Recently mm-hmm. I've been getting really into mid eighties the well, the meat the mid eighties British meat war of the advertising world. Go on. Okay. So Yeah, this is this is cool. This is new to me. So in the in the so I'm ripping this from another pod, podcast. Mm. Um for back in 2018, Top Flight Time Machine did a, a whole run of stuff on this, but I've only just listened to the episode. So dear listener, you know, go and listen to them. They talk about this in depth. But in the mid eighties, there was a war between British meat factions. So the British Lamb Association funded an advert that went out on British TV. And in response, the British Pork Society also funded an advert that went out on British TV. And one thing that's clear, both of these groups of people are completely batshit crazy. Because these these adverts are, are very... Very unusual and incredibly creepy, but I, I thoroughly recommend watching them. the uh, the The lamb advert is uh, lambs trying to be sexy. That's what lambs gone for. Thirty second advert, very uh, 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 yeah, just just trying to trying to make lamb chops look sexy. Whereas the pork industry, they've gone for family values. Um, so it's it, you know. Watching this play out, I'm going to put links to both adverts in the uh, description of this podcast. Tell me what you think next week, dear listener and Naomi, because mm, they, they are quite something. Would would you say for fans of Black Mirror type of thing, in well, regards it, to how how someone who like myself and I assume yourself not the biggest fan of the meat industry well, <laughs> generally no. might feel after watching them. So, I mean, As in, are, are they are they the dystopia of of wild marketing of the time? 
Well, it's uh, it, you know, the Lamb advert is is pretty crazy. It's just mm. it's very quick. It's lots of flashing images, and it's a it's it's like a it's a, a woman making lamb chops in the kitchen, and she's like, "The lamb chops they're ever so easy. They're ever so quick. Chop, 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 chops." That's the whole ad. <laughs> it's about fourteen seconds. Like <laughs> okay. she's just saying that, and then there's just this bloke's face at the end, and he just goes, "Chops." Like that's the whole ad. It's fourteen okay. seconds long. It's insane. It's amazing. I love it. But the only thing that's better than that is the the pork advert, which is longer format, and it's very much like this is at a British, this is at a dining table, uh, you know, with family and friends round for dinner, and uh, it starts off with the guy standing up, lording over his 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 family and friends, and he's like, "My wife's got what it takes. <laughs> Arthur's got plenty. Paul's got plenty." Plenty to go around. Good value for money, pork. And it, it goes on like that. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. And he reiterates a few times. He's like, they've got plenty, my wife. She's got what it takes. It is- Definitely the type of person who, A, can only be called Barry or Gary. <laughs> and B, and B started referring to, my wife. My wife. She's got what it takes. The beginning of the wedding day, <laughs> if not before, and uh, yes. never uttered her name again. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. She it's hasn't the, had a name in years. No, it's the creepiest ad. Like, oh, uh, that I assume sort of at that day the though. bodies were buried underneath the house. Like, it's, oh. uh, it's, it's, it's very creepy. But I'll post both ads. Tell me what you think, dear listener, because it's, uh, it's really weird. Mm. And uh, uh, anyway, on that rather odd note, uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> Join us on the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're, we're finishing this podcast. Going over to the Patreon where you can become a Patreon supporter for as little as a dollar a month. At the dollar tier, you get this episode ad-free and early. $5 gets you access to the Patreon special and our back catalogue. $10 gets you the lot, plus I'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode. Find us mm. on your favourite social media platforms. Join the Katana's group on Facebook. Get involved in our weekly discussion. Check out Late 80s meat adverts in the UK. Thanks for listening. You've been lovely. We've been the Gitanos. Farewell. Goodbye. I'm gonna sing you all about my Patreons. Yes, so I am going to sing you all about my Patreons. Yeah. The real people in the house are fantastic. Yeah.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.